Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Goldie on Ice podcast. I am Steve Goldstein, play-by-play television announcer for the Florida Panthers. We talk everything Panthers and NHL here on the podcast. The podcast would not be possible without our sponsors, so we do want to thank them and advise you as you listen to this podcast to not only spread the word, download, subscribe to your friends, uh, but also take a few moments to listen to our sponsor's message. Ken Morris and the Morris Southeast Real Estate Group, Orion of ONA Job Site Solutions, the Sides Foundation, Dave Lister runs it, and it's the fight against pediatric cancer, and BNT Windows. They do a great job with impact windows, so get in touch with Tom and the guys at BNT Windows. The offseason is on for the Panthers, believe it or not. We are, uh, what, seven weeks away from training camp and about 10 weeks away from the start of the uh, the new season. Still a ways away, I know. Um, what a summer it's been for the Panthers. Uh, very impressive what Bill Zito and the staff have done. Uh, even you go back to the middle of last year, it is very clear in a short period of time that Bill Zito is more than okay with using assets that he's got in order to pick up players that are not Band-Aids, that aren't just rentals, and that aren't past their prime. And you look at, you know, he's already traded two of his picks from his first draft, one during the season to get Sam Bennett, another recently to get Sam Reinhart, which, I mean, I thought was a phenomenal phenomenal trade. He is a legitimate top six player. He's really a top liner. Um, You look at his goal production, his offensive player, and I know it's tough to say with Barkov and Huberto on this team, I believe Sam Bennett will be the best goal scorer on the Panthers next season. Uh, He's a sniper. He'll also get to the net, and he's going to be another one of these guys, I think, that the Panthers find that we're in um, through no fault of their own. You know, not a great situation. Maybe a team struggling uh, maybe a guy that more was expected from than he did produce, like Bennett in Calgary, like Reinhardt in Buffalo, like Montour in rough in Buffalo. And in some respects, perhaps that production wasn't there because of the way the team utilized the player, uh, moving them all around, especially in Bennett's case, and I think also in Montour's case as, as well. So I think it's pretty, uh, pretty slick and shrewd in good ways, that the Panthers target these players. And Bill Zito, I'm not sure if he meant to say it or not, but when we met with him, uh, when he talked to the media, he said this was a player they were targeting even during the playoffs. So they had their eyes on Sam Reinhardt, and you have to think they had their eye on him to play on that right side with Alexander Barkov and Carter Verhage. I mean, Verhage, he did this in Tampa. When you start looking at the analytics about puck retrieval, puck possession, and going getting the puck, Per 60 minutes played, because as you know, he didn't get a lot of ice time in Tampa, Carter Verhage was awesome at the very fundamental thing of the game, getting the puck. He would go get it. And we certainly saw that this year. He was almost a point a game. So they lock up Verhage. They feel that he's certainly a guy that can play with Barkov long term. And then you go and get Reinhardt. And look, he can play center if he has to, if there's an injury or you know whatever the case may be. But you have to think it's with in mind of having that line be together. So, uh, you know, no doubt Reinhardt's a Panther. We'll see what the terms of the deal are, whether it's three years or four years. 
six million bucks, well, whatever it winds up being. Um, and then, you know, surely, and I, it's funny to me because some people, particularly outside of Florida, but some, you know, get, I guess, worried about it. And I understand it. Barkoff, he wants to be, could be a free agent in 11 months. There's never been one indication from either side that they want to or will let him go to free agency. So I fully expect Barkoff to sign a max eight-year deal. And look, you know, the numbers are the numbers, right? I mean, you know, Connor McDavid makes 12. Braden Point on the other side of Florida makes nine and a half. Uh, you know, you got Kane and Taves making 10. Of course, those were older deals, understood. But you get the ballpark. Bottom line, give or take, Alexander Barkov's going to be a Panther. Eight years, $80 million in the ballpark of that. Um, so really a great summer. You know, they re-signed Forsling. They re-signed Duclair. Uh, you know, it was pretty clear after five years that Keith Yandel's time with the ice time this past year and the scratches in the playoffs was going to be uh, probably no longer a Panther. It's unfortunate that they couldn't work it out where he would waive his no-trade clause and somebody would, you know, absorb that money. Of course, to do that, the Panthers would have had to, had to take money back anyway. So, you know, the only issue the Panthers really have with the buyout is next year's cap hit. It's, it's a big cap hit next year of over $5 million. But, uh, look, it was a contract that was signed a long time ago. And as you know, in this sport, and in every sport, but particularly this one, um, where the contracts are guaranteed, many times players are signed with, hey, we know we're, you know, let's say you sign a six-year deal. We know we're going to get three or four really good years out of a guy, or four or five. Maybe the last year or two we'll have a problem, and you go and do it anyway. So it was clear that the way the Panthers want to play for what they want to do, uh, stylistically, um, predictability, one of the favorite words of head coach Joel Quenville, that they needed to upgrade the defense. And then Anton Strawman, all the best to him, a terrific guy. I said it publicly, and I'll say it on here. It's a shame the Panthers got him as late as they did. Of course, look, you would have probably liked to sign him at the time they did for a year or two and less money, but the contract was what the contract was. So, again, Bill Zito uses an asset, a former second-round pick in Con Chalnuk, who had played over in the KHL. You know, to be honest with you, I don't know how much they liked him in the pecking order. The Panthers may not have any superstar defensemen coming up, but I do believe they've got a handful of guys they think can be NHL players. So I'm not sure where he ranks on that list when you start talking about, uh, you know, Prisky, who's now getting to be an AHL veteran guy. John Ludwig, who is a, is a guy I know a lot of people like. He's now 20 or 21 uh, years old. Uh, Max Gildon finally got a taste in the AHL and played really well out west. The Panthers loaned him to one of the teams in California. So perhaps it was a situation where, you know, you, you might have three or four defensemen in the system that passed him. The bottom line is, you know, you're trying to win and you're trying to win now. So, hey, you had to go up and give up a, a former second round pick and a future second round pick. So we'll see what happens if the Panthers down the road are able to get any of those uh, selections back. They don't have a one or a two next year. But I mean, and I, and I think I could speak for most Panther fans that how many years, and you go back to the 2010 draft and others, have the Panthers been loaded up with draft picks and where has it gotten them? And the fact that Bill Zito is not trading these draft picks for 30, 32, 34-year-old guys. He's trading the draft picks for players that are going to be here. So, you know, you gave up 
a second and a prospect who was a second for Sam Bennett. But you had Bennett for the playoffs last year. Now, obviously, he only played six games, but you didn't know that at the time. And now you've got him for four more years, okay? Those two picks they gave up for Sam Bennett, if they ever play for the Panthers, it would be in four years. And, you know, this franchise, it's time to win. I mean, you got guys that are in their prime. You've got some guys on great contracts that are in their prime, like Barkov for another year, like Uyghur for two more years, Huberto for two more years. And by the way, it's funny how things turn out, right? Aaron Ekblad at 7-5 for the rest of his contract for a handful of years. Looks like a pretty good deal now with all these defensemen that are being traded or are re-signing, looking at nine, nine and a half million dollars. Um, so, and, and then what, what a great move. Um, you know, the waiver wire pickup and then the production, give the player credit, Gustav Forsling, but also give the coaching staff credit for putting him in a good position and letting him go and do his thing, Gustav Forsling, for nothing. So the stuff balances out. And Forsling looks like he's a legitimate top four. So uh, it'll be interesting to me to see, and Bill Zito said this, hey, you know, maybe we're done, maybe we're not if something falls into our lap. Because if you look at that defense, um, you know who the five are. Uyghur, Ekblad, Forsling, Montour, and then Gudis. You'll wonder if Nudavara is a guy that will play. Played pretty well with Montour last year. So maybe you put Nudavara with Montour and go Forsling with Gudis, Or you wait and see if someone falls into your lap at one of those, um, we'll call them the Tampa deals, right? Because Tampa always gets these guys to come for a million bucks. This year they did it with Bogosian and Corey Perry. Bogosian was even less. And, you know, the Pat Maroon and the, you know, the, the Luke Shen and the, these players that they bring in, um, they just want to play there. Is there a guy out there? Could Zdeno Chara be a guy like that if he was interested or the Panthers were interested? Um, very intriguing. And we'll see how it all shakes out. But certainly uh, defense-wise, as far as being able to move the puck amongst what likely will be the top four defense, um, having a little bit of bite back there, which is something that they've missed. They've now got it pretty much however they decide to line it up. And every defense pair... Um, I just really like what the Panthers have done this offseason. And all of these contracts, if you look at them, and hey, let's hope, you know, Forsling is all three years and the team wins, and Bennett's all four years and the team wins, and the same with Duclair with a three-year contract and the team wins. But, you know, if things would go sideways at some point, the nice thing for the Panthers is, you know, there are no clauses from what I know. There's no no moves and no trades um, and very affordable contracts where – if for a hockey reason you wanted to go and shuffle the deck, um, you can make trades with these players. And that's as big as anything in my mind because the Panthers in the past had had some guys, as we all know, that, you know, signed contracts that, you know, I don't necessarily want to use the word stuck, but you could use that phrase stuck with. Now, you're never stuck with anything because there's buyouts and there's, you know, like they did with Strawman to open up a roster spot. Um, you know, you can give up assets, but long-term, you don't want to do that. The Panthers have done that. You know, I think it's pretty much done now. Uh, another fascinating thing for me is going to be Anton Lundell. Obviously, if, and I don't know this, but I'm just guessing, the plan immediately is to play Reinhardt on the top line, then you're penciling in Anton Lundell on a third line. Now, you know, Bill Zito knows him well. People I've asked about him, you know, in subjective ways, just hockey people, think he can definitely play in the NHL. 
especially if it's not a high pressurized situation of a top two center position and you're just asking him to you know be a responsible player and do those things and now the difference is with this panther franchise and this team when you bring up young players you're not asking them to do everything themselves like Ekblad was in some ways like a Barkov was like a Huberdeau was now a guy like Owen Tippett can go and play a year in the AHL of course that year was cut short as we know because he was hurt and then you can bring him up and have him go through a couple of camps and have him be a scratch at times if you have to and make sure he plays an all-around game and then let him work his way up the lineup and we saw what he did in the second line last year so now Owen Tippett I don't want to call him a seasoned veteran but he's an experienced hockey player he's no longer a young green prospect so they've developed him properly and you know for people that say always well he's more talented throw him in the lineup you can't do that because you have to have accountability and you have to have players that are willing to play the all-around game and he got better at that as the season went on at a very solid series against Tampa and scored put up points with Huberto and Bennett so I think Lundell is a guy that unlike a Barkov at 18 years old you're throwing him in a lineup on a team that's you know not that good and asking him to do everything um Anton Lundell is likely penciled in as your third line center and by the way gonna have wingers with him like maybe Frank Petrano maybe Anthony Duclair maybe Owen Tippett maybe Patrick Hornquist maybe even a Mason Marchment at times I mean these are guys that are very talented in some of those cases are experienced um, can play some physical hockey and in a guy like Hornquist's case you know clearly has been around and knows how to win so I think Anton Lundell if he does slot in behind Barkov and Bennett as a third-line center. Um, I know he's young. He's never played in the league, but he's played all those international tournaments and has played uh, for Finland at a high level and played over in Liga against men like the league Barkov played in and, by the way, was great over there, that, hey, if you're asking Anton Lundell to just learn the, learn the North American game, play it responsibly, uh, you know, do the little things, which supposedly he does great. He's a detail-oriented guy, as many of the Finns are and you give them a couple of those wingers that we talked about, I think there's a high chance of sustainable success for a guy like that over the course of a season. Um, I do think it's part of the reason they probably gave Yuho Lamico a contract, because you have a little bit of depth. And as we know, look, Yuho's not going to be a big offensive guy in the NHL, but he's certainly someone you can trust that doesn't hurt you. So whether that has anything to do with Lundell being so young, um, obviously you need extra centers anyway. Um, you do wonder if Reinhardt would slide down to that spot. You also have to wonder at this point in his career, does Nolachari at times anyway play over on the wing? You know the tight, the hard game that Achari plays. Um, you know, he's, he's had injury issues. I also wonder this year with all that depth, you know, they brought in Zach Delpy, who's an AHL veteran who's played some a NHL games. Uh, you've got Maxim Mammon coming back on a one-way deal. You've got Lamico signed on a one-way deal. Is perhaps the plan to maybe give guys like Nola Chari and Patrick Hornquist some rest during the regular season. Because for the first time in a very long time, this is a team that legitimately has the ability in every way, whether it's behind the bench with a coach, in goal, on defense, up front scoring, um, size, skill, uh, a little bit of meanness, which... There's a whole nother debate, but we all know if you want to go to the Stanley Cup or win it, you have to have that because every team does that goes that far. Um, 
they've got a little bit of everything. They're a legitimate contender. So maybe you say, hey, look, if we got to play 20 more, you know, let's give Nolachari and Patrick Hornquist, you know, if they don't miss time with injury, obviously, uh, maybe you give them some nights off during the course of a season and you keep them at 60 games um, and get some of these other guys in the lineup. Because uh, last year it worked out great whenever they put guys in. I mean, think about this. I believe the record was 4-2 and two without Alexander Barkov. Achari and Wenberg were your top two line centers, and they didn't miss a beat. Those guys averaged a point a game. That tells you a lot about your hockey team. Um, so really optimistic, really looking forward to the season. Uh, we'll see, like I said, if there's anything else they're going to do. Uh, besides get the Reinhardt and Barkov contracts signed. And uh, it's been a fun time with the Panthers here during the offseason, as good of an offseason as you can have, signing their guys and, you know, getting them done at what I think are certainly fair deals for the players and certainly good deals from the team standpoint, both in money and in term. And like I said, you know, for the most part, I believe, um, clause free, if you will, because those are things that can get your team into trouble at times. Not sure if the Barkov deal will be that, but that's one you don't really mind giving Alexander Barkov whatever he wants because if the NHL started paying $10 an hour to play hockey, Alexander Barkov is one of the guys that would be signed up to play. That's just the kind of person, uh, how much he loves the game, uh, and, and he just loves it here in South Florida. So, uh, he's got to be thrilled with what this team has uh, has done. All right, as always, we appreciate you listening. Please uh, subscribe, leave us a message. Uh, you can leave an honest one. Hopefully it's positive. If not, okay. Um, and tell your friends, please uh, help us out in the podcast here. And we always thank our sponsors. Without them, it wouldn't be possible. So please uh, take a, a minute to listen to their messages coming up. Our producer, as always, Brett Markowitz, does a great job. And we will catch you very soon here on the Goldie on Ice podcast, everybody. Thanks. Time to tell you about Ken Morris and Morris Southeast Group. We appreciate Ken being a supporter of the podcast right from the beginning. Now, for all you folks out there, if you own commercial real estate, if you're looking to lease or purchase, call Ken. He represents buyers, sellers, landlords, and tenants. 954-240-4400. That's 954 954- 240-4400 for Ken Morris. He's a class guy, a straight shooter, qualified and knowledgeable. He's the type of guy you want to do business with. And he's a South Florida guy with a great reputation. Again, it's Ken Morris and his group, which does an outstanding real estate job. 954-240-4400. Time to take a moment out to tell you about something very important the fight against pediatric cancer. And we're doing that through SIDES, the SIDES Foundation. Sydney Lister at age 15 battled Ewing sarcoma and she beat it and she's doing great today. Out of that struggle came SIDES, a foundation formed to fight pediatric cancer, to help fund children's cancer research and help South Florida families with kids fighting the disease. Dave Lister is Sid's dad. He's in charge of SIDES and does so much for those families. So, I encourage you to help out. Check out Sides on Facebook, their Facebook page, S-I-D-E-S. Everything is on there. Or you can also call this important number, 954-594-5763. That's 954-594-5763. Help us, help Dave Lister, and help everybody fight pediatric cancer and help out families that need it through the Sides Foundation.
Orient and Associates Management Group is a prime subcontractor out of Hollywood, Florida. So all of you prime contractors out there, he provides any construction services needed. Call Orient and ONA today at 954-922-8660. Online, it's onamanagementgroup.com. They also handle hauling. If you have demolition waste, non-hazardous material, they handle your trucking needs. More than 25 years of experience, you can trust their professionalism. Again, it's 954-992-8660 for Orion and ONA Management. 